Welcome to the first episode of Scary Records made by two high schoolers. On this planet we all live on, it happens to bring forth humanity. Humans were able to channel their intelligence for good, such as inventing means of communication, transports, cooking, etc. Intelligence can also be used for understanding other things as well. But intelligence has not always been used for those type of things. Some people have created theories called conspiracy theories to explain usually enigmatic or bizarre occurrences in our past. The explanation can be related to a group of hidden people who are motivated via politics, or it can be something even more bizarre. Other times, however, intelligence has been used for the means of committing actions deemed wrong by others, aka crimes. Some crimes end up being solved and others not being solved. On this podcast, your anchors, Ben and Ethan, will be diving into a few of these topics, notably true crime cases and conspiracy theories on scary records. On our first episode for true crime is Isaiah Sagawa. This cannibal became a local celebrity after signing himself out of Japan Mental Institute in 1986. Isaiah Sagawa came from a wealthy family and had exhibits cannibalistic urges for an early age, even engaging in bestiality. At age 23, he made his first attempt at eating human flesh, breaking into a woman's house to cut off some of her flesh. He was caught and charged with attempted rape. Honestly, attempted rape. This is heavy, bro. I mean, if you break into someone's house and like it, it's down to that you try to like cut her flesh, wouldn't you assume like it would go down like attempted murder or something? Yeah. Not or attempted rape because I, I wouldn't see that as rape. I'd see that as like murder. Or like trying to eat someone. Yeah. Later, he would move to France to earn his PhD in liturgy. It would be then, at the age of 32, that Sagawa would kill and eat his classmate, Rini Hartvelt. He admitted to luring the 25-year-old Dutch woman to his apartment under the guise of working on poetry. He said he chose her for her beauty and health, two things he believed he lacked. After shooting her in the neck, he ate various parts of her body. Over the course of two days, he then attempted to dump her body, including two suitcases of her dismembered body parts, into a lake in the Bois de Boulogne. But he was caught in the act. That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, like... Well, look, you know, most of the time when people, like, murder someone, like Jeffrey Dahmer, like, you know how he, like, dumps them in acid or something like that? Yeah. I would assume that to, like, burn them, but I guess because this was, like... Actually, no. If this was 1986, Jeffrey Dahmer was around that time, too, was he not? Was he 70s? I I think it was after around the 80s. Around the 80s, yeah. So I would assume, but I guess because he's in France, he wouldn't really know how to get it, I guess. But, yeah, that's that's, that's crazy. All right, so after being held for two years in police custody, Sagawa was deemed legally insane in French court and was ordered to be held indefinitely in a mental health institute. After being deported to Japan, he was declared sane by Japan's psychologist, and so was able to sign himself out of care. He was able to sign himself out of care. That's crazy. That that, that, that doesn't make sense, though, because you're like, oh, yeah, you're crazy. We think you should be like a mental institute, and you put them in there, and then they sign themselves out. How does that make sense? Saying like a doctor or like a guardian be able to be like, oh, okay, you're cleared. He didn't even get assessed like for his uh, mind? No, he, he did. Like uh, the French court, they ordered him. Oh, the court. Yeah, because they, they said he, he was like mental, so he should be like held into a mental institute. Oh, but it? like... Hmm? Oh, is that it? Yeah, so then he was like thrown into a mental institute. But then he somehow signed himself out once he got deported back to Japan. 
But um, yeah, it's crazy. All right, true crime's over, and now we're gonna move over to conspiracies with Ethan. Around the world, there have been many strange occurrences, things such as doors slamming, uh, objects being knocked over, screaming, lots of things. Throughout history, uh, humans came to call it as ghosts. Ghosts are generally depicted as spirits of dead animals or humans that came back to haunt you. But firstly, look around you. What do you notice about the world around you? Do you notice you are able to view your surroundings, but not all of it? Some objects around you may be obstructed by something else, meaning that you are unable to see all of it. This is because we live in a third dimension, a dimension where it requires three values to determine a point's position. But even though us 3D beings may be able to see the first and second dimensions completely fine, we will struggle with the fourth dimension. Any beings from there will be, appear contorted, and it will likely be impossible to view them in its entirety. Think of it like this. The second dimension is like a sheet of paper. Imagine, you're in this hypothetical second dimensional reality as a person, and you look up towards yourself, a 3D dimensional being staring down at you. To a 3D being, it would merely be viewing something 2D on a sheet of paper. The being would only be seeing in one direction. But to the 2D being, it would be seeing something far different. The 2D being would view a part of you, like parts of your face as it enters their vision. Essentially, a 2D being could never see the entirety of yourself as a whole, only a portion of you that will likely appear incredibly distorted and corrupted. Now now imagine you're a 2D being in a circle. You'd only be seeing the circle unless you deliberately turn to a specific direction, and even that you'd only be seeing a tiny portion of the world. But to a 3D being standing over you, it would see you, the circle, and a sheet of paper in its entirety. So what does it have to do with anything? Well, remember when I was talking about how ghosts are able to knock things over and disturb things without making their presence, their physical presence known? Usually, ghosts are known for doing things, such as knocking things over, throwing around objects, even and even a person being faintly seen. They are usually they are also known for being able to face through walls and and being unbound by walls. Like I said, it is generally believed that a ghost is the spirit of a deceased person or animal. But what if there is a different explanation for of these activities? What if these ghosts do technically exist in a certain way? You see, backtracking to our ex- explanation of the of the second and third dimensions, now think of you, a three D being in place of the two D being. You'll be viewing this four D being in a Mere, in mere parts. Maybe even trying to assemble its full appearance. You'd be seeing some of the flesh and bones of this 4D being, but not all of it, due to being a 3D being. But to the 4D being, it would actually be seeing all of you. Backtracking once again, take notice of how a 3D being could easily see a 2D being, the circle, and the sheet of paper all at once. This raises the question, however, how would a 4D being view a 3D being? Well, by... <laughs> Well, by inferring from the explanation early, a 4D being will most likely be able to see you in its entirety. Yes, even your insides, even your brain, your skeleton, everything. It can safely remove things from your body without you suffering anything, just like how a 2D being could be taken out of the circle of ease by the 3D being without destroying the circle. And what does this have to do with ghosts? Well, ghosts are typically known for being completely unaffected by walls and being able to phase through them. They're also known for generally being completely invisible, and if they are visible, they usually produce very little particles, or just being a faint fog. With with this with this logic of the fourth dimension, this means that ghosts. Wait, with this logic of the fourth dimension, this explains how ghosts are able to easily face through walls and can do anything without establishing their presence by making an appearance, merely interacting with their environment to establish their presence. They could easily traverse the world and appear in and outright reality. They could easily traverse the world and appear in and out of reality if they wish to. So who knows, these ghosts may just be 4th dimensional beings who are messing around with us and taking joy in our generally fearful reactions. But it's unlikely we'd ever find out, given the fact that we are 
Near 3D beings who cannot fully process the fourth dimension. Yeah, that's it.